Welcome to the podcast of Azel Christian Church. We are a Disciples of Christ church community in Azel, Texas. We invite everyone to be who you are with us, the doubting, the believing, the wondering, and everything in between. On this podcast, you'll hear our pastor, Reverend Russell Clark, preach on how the expansive and generative love of God is seen through Jesus, the prophets, the early church, and the faith forebearers, and how this love helps us care for the world more deeply and faithfully. Sometimes it's messy and tough, but it is good news, and it is for you. Does God get what God wants? My mom, like most moms I know, would do anything for her children or grandchildren. And as a matter of fact, she would and has done anything for other people's children as well. She has taken in children which are not hers to show them much-needed love. My mom expresses this unconditional love for all people. But if someone said, your mom's a jerk, your mom has never shown love to me, I'd say, don't you talk about my mama. (laughs) But I'm old enough now to know that there are some people my mom doesn't care for, some people she doesn't talk to anymore, some people who hurt her or hurt the people that she cared about and she struggles to show unconditional love for them. But if you were asked my mom what she really wants, she wants everyone to be together. She wants everyone to be loved. If my mom thinks like that, how could God be any different? 1 Timothy 2.4, God wants all people to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. So does God get what God wants? Will all people be saved? How great is our God? Great enough to achieve what God sets out to do? Great enough for all people to be embraced by God's love? Great enough for all of God's children to feel that loving embrace of God's like a parent embraces his or her child? Or is God kind of great, medium great, great most of the time, but in the case of the fate of billions of people, not totally great, sort of great, a little great? Hebrews 6.17 God wants to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear. So God has a purpose, something God is doing in the world, something that has never changed, something that involves everybody. And God's intention all along has been to communicate this intention clearly. And in Philippians 2, 10 and 11, it says, Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. So every knee every tongue or just certain tongues that grew up in the right family or certain knees that went to the right church certain knees that can't afford the gas money to make it to church certain tongues that say the right words in the right way will all people be saved or will not will god not get what god wants psalm 24 the earth is the lord's and everything in it the world and all who live in it and from Acts 17 It is in God that we live and move and have our being. And in Romans 11, from him and through him and to him are all things. So the writers of the scriptures constantly affirm that we are all a part of the same family. What we have in common outweighs our differences, regardless of our tribe, language, customs, beliefs, or religion. History is about the kind of love a parent has for a child the kind of love that pursues, searches, 
creates, connects, and bonds, the kind of love that moves toward, embraces, and always works to be reconciled with, regardless of the cost. Over and over and over again, this story is repeated in the scriptures. This story is repeated throughout history. Philippians 2.13 says, It is God who works in you to will and act according to, to fulfill his good purpose. Again, God has a purpose, a desire, a goal, and God never stops pursuing it. So Jesus tells a series of parables in Luke 15 about a woman who loses a coin, a shepherd who loses a sheep, and a father who loses a son, which we discussed last week. These stories aren't ultimately about things and people being lost, but about things and people being found. The God that Jesus teaches us about doesn't give up until everything that's lost is found. This God simply doesn't give up, ever. Yet we see billboards all over the place that say what? Repent and be saved or spend eternity away from the Father. Some people declare that ultimately billions of people will spend eternity apart from God, apart from heaven, forever, while others get to be with God in heaven, forever. So is God our friend, our provider, our protector, our father, our mother, or is God the kind of judge who may in the end declare that we deserve to spend forever separated from our father, our mother, our great parent? So is God like the characters in the story that Jesus would tell, the old lady who keeps searching for their lost coin until they find it, the shepherds who don't rest until that one sheep is back in the fold, the fathers who rush out to greet and embrace the returning son, or in the end, will God give up? Will God and Jesus say, See, mother, I'm making all things new? Or will God quote Mick Jagger saying, Well, you can't always get what you want, my mother, like most mothers I know, would never give up on their children. That's what I love so much about my mom. Whenever I screwed up as a child, even on really big things, she would always sit down with me and talk to me about what I did wrong so I could learn my lesson. Then she would always, always follow it up with, Son, while I'm disappointed with you and you will have to cut, suffer the consequences of your actions, you need to know that I will always love you. In Matthew 6, Jesus says, Now if you, an earthly parent, knows how to take care of your children, how much more will your father, your mother in heaven, take care of their children? I know that my mom would do anything to take care of those children who don't feel loved. I've seen my mom do it. My mom has the most patience in the world. She, like most moms I know, would wait around forever to embrace one of her children if they ever went astray. My mom would never give up on her children. So don't you think God is the same? Ultimately, does God get to be with all of God's children? Does God get what God wants? We know, it seems, that some people refuse to be connected to this God of love. Some people, for one reason or another, don't want to live with this great parent to follow God's ways to live within this love. And love is not love if it's forced. Love is freedom. It's a choice. Lots of people in the world right now choose to be violent and abusive and mean and evil. So why, why won't they continue to choose this path 
after they die. See, when you choose evil, it's like an addiction. Something gets into you and claws into us, and it becomes more and more dominant in your life. It becomes harder and harder to imagine living without it. What makes us think that after a lifetime, let alone hundreds or even thousands of years, somebody who has constantly chosen a particular path away from God suddenly wakes up one day and decides to head in the completely opposite direction? What about someone who has killed students at a school? or a world-renowned terrorist like Osama bin Laden? What is the proper way to respond to the death of someone who has caused so much mayhem? How should we react to the death of someone who is a mastermind behind such an atrocious number of murders? Also, as the church, we must ask this question. How should we, as Christians, respond to the death of a terrorist like this? Someone who reigns terror on children on innocent lives, on the world. You know, shouldn't we have the hope that everyone will be saved? Shouldn't we have the hope that everyone is able to turn their lives around and see the life and the love that God has for them like we've been able to do? Why don't we as Christians ride on the hope that God's love and grace is for all people? Are some people beyond redemption? You know, we want to believe in the hope that comes from Jesus Christ, but some people must be beyond this hope because they're so terrible, so atrocious, so evil. You know, could bin Laden be past the point of even his own mother loving him? Could anyone ever be beyond the point of God loving them? If we say yes, then that means that me and you, we could be the past the point of God loving us. You know, would a person like bin Laden somehow become anti-human? You know, could a person reach the point of no longer being the image of God? Could the divine image be extinguished in a person given enough time and neglect? Is there a possibility that given enough time, some people could eventually move into a new state, one in which they were in essence formally human or post-human or even ex-human? You know, we talked about this uh, one Wednesday evening at our Bible study a few weeks ago. How did you respond when bin Laden died in 2011? I remember exactly how people responded. Some with excitement, some anger, some relief, disbelief, fear of what might happen next, sadness, happiness, even great rejoicing. You know, many words of hatred and revenge were pouring out, shocking words from Christians. Also, words of praise to God for the death of this terrorist. Praise to God for the death of another human being? I didn't like seeing these words from other Americans, let alone other Christians. One friend has said, after 9-11, the terrorists were shouting, Allah Akbar, which means praise be to God. We have been shouting, God bless America, my friend said. He said, I will not be contributing to this celebration anymore. Reporters asked the question, why didn't they take him alive? You know, we know now that Navy SEALs entered into this compound and one of the Navy SEALs shot him once in the eye and once in the chest. And reportedly, bin Laden was reaching for a weapon when he was shot. So it could have been the, that the soldier had to shoot or be shot at. Even still, when I heard this on the news, I turned to Shannon and I said, look, as a minister and as a Christian, 
I don't want to wish ill will towards anybody, but not even bin Laden. I want there to be peace and restoration for everyone. I do. But if I were a soldier and I was face to face with someone who is responsible for the death of many of my friends, my fellow brothers in arms, and the lives of countless American citizens, if I was face to face with this world-renowned terrorist, how would I as a soldier react? You know, I can't say I blame this soldier for taking the shot. That's not just his duty. I think he'd take pride in stopping someone who has hurt and would continue to hurt more people. Isn't what makes us human the fact that we don't always make the right decisions. We don't always know the right thing to do. You know, I'm not making excuses. I'm saying this is how all of us have been. Isn't what makes us Christian the fact that we recognize we're all sinners in need of a Savior. We recognize that we're not that much different from the other sinners, even bin Laden. We all need God's grace, God's forgiveness. We all need God's love. But this kind of love is dangerous because every day we see people choose to live in their own hells all the time. We do it every time we isolate ourselves or we give the cold shoulder to someone who has hurt us or we, someone we love. Every time we hide knives in our words, every time we harden our hearts in defiance of what we know to be the loving, good, and right thing to do. Many times we know what words would be good and right and loving and what words would be hurtful and destructive, yet we have chosen the words that bring destruction nonetheless. You know, isn't what makes God God is that God does not, God does what God wants to do? You know, Jesus is big enough, strong enough, and loving enough to not not do what some people want to do, not do what many of us have done you know what kind of king would jesus be if he did only what the people wanted him to do what kind of person would our father in heaven be if he did only what his children wanted the father does what he knows best jesus does what he wants jesus follows god's truth god's purpose i mean ask yourself what is stronger and more powerful the hardness of the human heart or God's unrelenting, infinite, expansive love? Why, God's love, of course. God's purpose is unconditional love. In the words of 1 Corinthians 13, love never fails. But the big question is, can God bring proper lasting justice, banishing certain actions and the people who do them, from the new creation that were promised, while at the same time allowing and waiting and hoping for the possibility of the reconciliation of the very same people, you know, keeping the heavenly gates, in essence, open? Will everyone eventually be reconciled to God, or will there be those who cling to their version of the story, insisting on their right to be their own little God, ruling their own little miserable kingdom, staying in their own hells will everyone be saved or will some perish apart from god forever because of their choices maybe the better question is one that we can't answer is not does god get what god wants because we don't know what will happen in the new creation but the question that we can answer is do we get what we want the answer to that question is a resounding affirming, sure and positive, yes, yes, 
we get what we want. God is that loving. If we want isolation and despair, God graciously grants us that option. If we insist on using our own God-given power to make the world in our own image, then God allows us that freedom. If we want nothing to do with the light, the hope, the love and grace and peace that we are free to live in that reality. If we want nothing to do with God of this God of love, we are free to live in that reality, free from love. But if, however, if we crave light, if we're drawn to the truth, if we're desperate for grace, if we've come to the end of our selfish plots and schemes and we want someone else's path, God gives us what we want. If we have this sense that we've wandered away from home and we want to return, that God is there standing in the driveway like a father or a mother with arms open, ready to invite us in. If we thirst for shalom, for this wholeness, and we long for the peace that transcends all understanding, God doesn't just give this to us. They're poured out from, for us, lavished, heaped, until we're overwhelmed. It's like a feast where the food and the wine do not run out. Yes, there is water for that thirst, food for that hunger, light for that darkness, relief for that burden. If we want hell, if we want heaven, they're ours. That's how love works. It can't be forced, manipulated, or coerced. It always leaves room for the other person to decide. God says, yes, we can have what we want because love wins. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Azel Christian Church podcast. Azel Christian Church exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through meaningful liturgy during worship, a public witness through outreach in the community, the nurturing of the spiritual life of every age group, and the witness of each member through discipleship, baptism, and the sharing of resources. To support this podcast and the ministries of Azel Christian Church, visit azelchristianchurch.org. Here you can contribute through giving online or find our Venmo information. If you're looking for a church or simply want to talk to one of our ministers, contact us through our website and we will be in touch. Talk to you soon.